Welcome yet again to the NASCO Moments radio talk show. Today we will begin a conversation on substance abuse, its impact on the lifestyle of the youth. Substance abuse is a major ill bedeviling our society, and obviously it is taking a toll on the productivity and sanity of our young men and women. Statistics from the National Drug Law Enforcement Agency, NDLEA, reveal that cannabis, also known as marijuana, is the most common abused drug in Nigeria. On the other hand, the totality of illicit drugs seized by the NDLEA in 2013 weighed a staggering 339,964 kilograms, with cannabis alone accounting for 205,373 kilograms. An estimated street value of 34 billion naira was placed on that confiscation alone. Again, in 2013, a total of 3,271 drug-dependent persons were counseled in NDLEA facilities nationwide, comprising 3,026 males and 209 females. This, no doubt, represents a minute number given the legion of unreported drug-dependent persons nationwide. It is therefore not a fabrication that, amongst several others, alcoholic beverages, various illicit drugs, and even some approved pharmaceutical products are today being abused by the youth, especially in Nigeria. And the rates and widespread, and the rates and widespread nature of such abuses are very alarming indeed. So, what steps do we need to take to correct this evidently worrisome trend? First, there is apparent need for sustained awareness on substance abuse and how it negatively affects the lifestyle of our young men and women. Second, and also importantly, the role of parents and guardians in superintending over the social life of their children and wards is deserving of further scrutiny. As a parent or guardian, do you know where your children are? Do you know the sort of company your children keep for friends, either at school, at play, or at work? Do you as a parent even know what substance abuse is all about? Or are you as a parent also abusing substances? As a result, we have invited Dr. Moses Audu, a consultant, addiction psychiatrist, and associate professor of psychiatry at the University of Joss. Dr. Moses Audu is also the director of quintessential healthcare center, Rayfield Joss, and is renowned for his community service in mental health promotion activities especially as it relates to the menace of drug and alcohol and substance abuse on the youth. I advise that you stay glued to your radio set as we discuss this topic. We'll be right back. Nasco Cube Sugar is pleasantly sweet and can be used in tea, coffee, pap, and a variety of cereals and beverages. Nasco Cube Sugar can be taken at any time of the day. And what's more, each cube delivers a sweet taste and experience. Really? Nasco Cube Sugar is fortified with vitamin A and dissolves fast. Nasco Cube. Mmm. Nasco Cube Sugar. Sugar. For that sweet taste. Nasco Cube. Nasco Cube Sugar, another quality product from Nasco. My name is Fudun Gang. We're glad to have you on the Nasco Moment Show this morning. Dr. Moses Audu, welcome. Thank you very much. Uh, good morning, uh, listeners. So let's make our listener really understand what drug abuse is. Well, drug abuse is the use of substances, either alcohol or any other thing that people consume, 
you know, to alter their their mood. And um, usually they are used outside the prescribed uh, way or uses of the substance. So abuse, abnormal use of the substance. That's what it simply means, you know. So uh, you, if there are prescription drugs and uh, patients take those drugs on their own without prescription and maybe beyond the duration of which they are supposed to uh, take the medicines or even if they take the uh, medicines in higher doses than prescribed, uh, than the doses prescribed by the doctor, then it constitutes an abuse. Uh, drinking of uh, alcohol excessively to cope with problems is also an abuse. And taking substances that are not meant for human consumption just to alter one's mood and, you know, and to make one happy is abuse of such substances. So that's what simply, you know, drug abuse means. Mm. But it's mainly deliberate, right? But could it be done mistakenly? Uh, no, it's deliberate. If it's considered abuse, it's mm. deliberate. Okay. Yes. Um, could you name and discuss briefly uh, for us the types of substances that can be abused? There are many of them. The number one in the in, in Plato State is alcohol. For the country, it's yes marijuana, but in Plato State is alcohol, various uh, alcoholic beverages. Then you have uh, hallucinogens like uh, uh, marijuana, cigarettes, you know, it's abused. Then you have solvents, people abuse glue, petrol, you know, uh, nail varnishes, so on and so forth. People abuse them. Then you find uh, opioids, things like tramadol, uh, you know, codeine. You have drugs like pentazosine, petidine, heroin, morphine, you know, so on and so forth. People abuse those drugs in that group. Then you have some sleeping medications that people tell you commonly uh, you find it among young men and then women. Uh, things like uh, benzodiazepines, uh, benzodiazepines like diazepam, uh, rohypnol, uh, nitrazepam. No, so on and so forth. So people use them, and then you find uh, other drugs like cocaine, yeah, crack, or uh, the ordinary cocaine. So, so many drugs, and people keep inventing all kinds of medicines now, even prescription drugs that are not even uh, are not considered as psychoactive substances, like the one that is on the rise now on the plateau is what we call uh, a ten or benzazole. That's the generic name, benzazole. We use it for psychiatric patients, like when you prescribe psychiatric drugs, you prescribe it along with the drugs to prevent some side effects. But they find out that the, the, the drug, you know, gives them some form of euphoria, and then they go and buy it on their own and abuse. So people abuse all kinds of substances. And it's very common among young people mm. because they tend to abuse these drugs in combination, different classes of drugs together. Now, that sounds terrible. What, what do you think are the factors that contribute or instigate people to abuse drugs? Well, first of all, people take drugs for three major reasons. One, one is to function. Yes, and then uh, the second one again is to deal with pain. Pain. Physical pain. Physical pain, psychological pain. Okay. And then the third one is for pleasure. But most of these young people, you know, while growing up, they want to experiment with all kinds of things because they face with development, so they experiment with everything. They are pleasure driven. So they want to take anything that will make them feel high, anything that will lift their mood, you know, anything that will make them, give them some forces of confidence, then they just take it. So through experimentation and peer pressure, you find most of them go. And then some of them, well, I because they, they learn it from their parents, you know, social learning. Daddy is taking uh, drugs, mommy to abuse it. So eventually they learn, you know, subconsciously and also take them to so many things. But mainly among you is just peer pressure and just risky lifestyle when they are growing up, especially in their teens. Hmm. Sometimes these things seem like nail varnish, or yeah. you wonder how such a seemingly um, 
um, small items like this can end up becoming such a problem, then how can you contain it? Yes, you know, why? Because it has some, something like some form of alcohol, and uh, when they sniff, they, they usually sniff them. They sniff them, and when they sniff them, they are absorbed you know, into the brain, then they stimulate the brain cells, and it gives you the kind of feeling that they enjoy. Mm. The same thing with the uh, glue that you use to patch tires or whatever. Yeah. They sniff it too, and then uh, petrol, sometimes you find the opening, you know, uh, vehicle tanks, you know, just peeping it in, they're just peeping it in, but they're just sniffing the fumes because it gives them some high. So, uh, because uh, it, it, it's absorbed directly into the brain and yes. it's very fast acting. So, young people tend to do that a lot. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there are many so, things. The, the best thing is that when you have all these things, keep them away from children. You know, most of these messages they say keep away from, from, children. Uh, from children, yes. Because they can essentially play with it and when they, they sniff it and feel that it gives them some high, they want to repeat that behavior again. All right. Yeah. We have many more things we'll need to ask you, but we'll take a break at this point. Listener, please join us. We'll be right back. A promise kept. Save all the taste of Nasco Cream Crackers. Each bite is crispy and so much fun. It's excitingly cool and a delight any day. Nasco Cream Crackers is the ideal snack at home and office. Nasco Cream Crackers is best served with tea, coffee, and cheese. Nasco Cream Crackers. Hey. Nasco Cream Crackers. Hey. Nasco Cream Crackers. A promise kept. It's crunchy and tasty. Nasco Cream Crackers. Nasco Cream Crackers. Another quality product from Nasco. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Nasco Moments Radio Talk Show. And today we have with us Dr. Moses Audu, a consultant, addiction psychiatrist, and an associate professor of psychiatry at the University of Joss. He's here to help us understand what substance abuse is and its effect on the lifestyle of the youth in particular. Uh, thank you, Doctor, for your contributions so far. I'm sure people are being enlightened on uh, the subject of substance abuse. But we'd like to turn our attention at this point to how the society's disposition may feel or even worsen the situation. Is there any way that you think society contributes to the increasing rates of substance abuse and trafficking also? Yes, first of all, because, you know, there are no well, uh, policies for some, for instance, alcohol, which is the commonest drug of abuse on the plateau. Yeah. Uh, there's no really policy on ground. You can sell it anytime. You sell it to even uh, uh, children who are not even up to 18 years. You know, they take alcohol, and there's no regulation. But I remember when the government said you cannot sell alcohol until about 4 p.m. or something of the well, sort. Well, it wasn't. Uh, yeah, the government tried to control it, but it's, it's not like uh, they enacted into a law. You know, to stop. That's why everything you know, just fizzled out. Uh, but if the can walk to the House of Assembly to another law on that, then you enforce it, then it will help. Because okay. a lot of young people get you know, to do alcohol at very, very uh, young ages, five years, six years, and they already, you know, by the time they get to secondary school, they can't concentrate, you know, they're already, you know, alcoholics. Okay. And, you know, versus then this acceptance is readily available, readily available and acceptable. And then you find out that uh, uh, the law enforcement agent, especially the elderly, you know, is really doing its best in, in this demand reduction, you know, the trafficking side of it or whatever. But you find that uh, this, some of these medicines that people even abuse are sold, you know, over the counter. Mm. 
and they're supposed to be prescription drugs. So you find a lot of uh, chemists and a lot of individuals who are just hawking things around also sell some of this, like tramadol. You can just get it anywhere. And these are supposed to be prescription drugs, but somehow they get into the hands of these people. So when the regulatory system is not very strong, and then people just hold these things around, then before you know it, it's readily available. And young people, especially the males, you know, want to experiment as they are growing up. It's just their nature. They want to take all sorts of foolish risks. They want to experiment with this. If you do this, you get high. If you do this, you know, you'll be more intelligent. If you take this, you'll be strong. You'll be confident. You can talk. So they want to experiment. And before long, since these drugs are addictive, you know, they just get hooked on them. And nobody really gets into this substance abuse because he wants to be an addict. They just want to experiment. But because they're addictive, then they just find themselves being, you know, abusing substance or becoming addicts. But if some of these drugs are not supposed to be sold over the counter unless you have a prescription, why are pharmacists or chemists who are supposed to abide by the ethics of their profession selling them over the counter? It's a systemic, it's a systemic problem. It's part of the society, what's happening in the general society. Mm. Yes, sometimes some pharmacists do their best actually to regulate it, but some because they want to make money. For instance, codeine, codeine in cough syrup. You can literally make a living by just selling codeine in cough syrup at any patent medicine store. Some come and buy in cartons, and they take it like water, and you find it all over. In fact, it's very common. Codeine in Kosovo and tramadol now, even in the villages, you find people just taking it like water. Huh. And it's a big problem, not only not only in, on the plateau, but all over the north. Okay. That's why the former governor of Kano State, Kwanko, had to ban the sale of a codeine-based uh, cough syrup. Well, probably we need to do do the same. Um, how true is it that certain professions or job roles require the use of drugs or psychopathic substances to enhance performance? Yes. People who, for instance, people who are in the security services, uh, maybe they, they have to be, be there on guard all through the night or they are fighting and they are engaged with criminals and, you know, it's a very risky lifestyle and they need to be alert, they need to be awake. So sometimes you find out that uh, some of them feel you know they get exhausted very easily so they have to take these substances to help them to keep awake or to make them feel strong you know and they don't get tired easily so that they can you know perform their own uh, duties so because of this they some of them easily get you know addicted to drugs and then you find some other people for instance long distance drivers who drive for you know sometimes almost 24 hours and they're away from home you know so that state of loneliness uh makes some of them just to take it you know as a way of coping with distress you know of being away from home. So before long, you know, they get you know addicted to it. And there's some who do night shifts. Or even we find even pilots, people who because of the uh, jet lag, whatever, they travel from one uh, time zone to the other and they don't sleep. So it affects them. so those people are actually prone to mm-hmm. taking substances because and for them it's just to help them either relax or to help them to perform. And they never uh, they, they didn't go into this because they want to be addicted or because they wanted to abuse, but because these substances are addictive in themselves, then they find themselves addicted to them. Oh, they just want to cope and then they end yes. up becoming addicts. Yes. Hmm. Now, uh, earlier on during the introduction and the statistics that we've seen, it indicates that men and young boys constitute a higher number of drug dependent persons. Yes. Now, does gender role play a role? Uh, does your gender rather play a role in substance abuse? Uh, gender plays a role. The the female uh, the females are trailing behind the males, but you find that actually they're now catching up hmm. because you know the social change and there's a lot of freedom. Everybody's talking about human rights. They're free to do this and that, and then they're exposed to all kinds of things. So you find <laughs> you find them taking all kinds of substances that the males are taking. But one thing that we find is that particularly for the uh, females who abuse substances, 
majority of them are mentally ill. They don't just go into it like that. They're mentally ill. They may be suffering from depression, anxiety problem, or some form of uh, uh, psychotic problem where they're at a total reality. And they are taking these substances to help them cope. So before you know it, they become addicted to it. So most females who abuse substances, especially in this environment, are not mentally sound. So they have two, you're dealing with dual problems, mental illness and then substance abuse. But for the men, it may just be risk-taking behavior, just for fun, for the fun of it. Mm, so yeah. it all depends on yeah. how But majority men. are males. Yes. Yeah, majority. Okay. This is the Nasco Moments radio talk show, an interesting discussion so far. Please join us for more when we return. Brightest white detergent, Brightex. Brightest white detergent, Brightex. For your brightest wash, Brightex. For your brightest wash, Brightex. Ever since I discovered the secret of Brightex white detergent, my clothes come fresh, bright and clean always. It's mild on clothes and good for my washing machine. Thank you, Brightex. Brightex detergent cleans deep stains and dirt from your clothes, keeping it fresh and bright so your clothes don't fade. It lasts longer. Brightex white detergent, a quality product from NASCO. Take the Brightex advantage today and keep your clothes fresh, bright and clean. For your brightest wash, Brightex. Brightex, for the brightest wash. Welcome back. It's the NASCO Moments radio show and we've been discussing the effects of substance abuse on the youth with Dr. Moses Audu a consultant addiction psychiatrist and associate professor of psychiatry at the University of Joss and director, quintessential healthcare center, Rayfield Joss. Doctor, what are the various manifestations of substance dependence? Yeah, well, first of all, you have what we call uh, tolerance. Tolerance simply means some form of habituation. For instance, uh, you find somebody who takes maybe sleeping drug, you take maybe two tablets and then they help him to relax him and it also help the person to go to sleep. Then after some time, deliver, because these drugs have a sustained deliver and deliver actually breaks them down. So those two tablets are no longer enough to sustain that behavior. So you have to increase it to three tablets, four tablets, five tablets, six tablets, you know, so on and so forth. Then, that is the you know what we call tolerance is developed tolerance. So this is a feature of uh, dependence. The other feature of a uh, dependence is the withdrawal symptoms, like when they take the substance and when uh, the substance is no longer there or it has finished its work in the body. Because most of these drugs have their what we call half life. You may have a drug that has half life of twelve hours. So after twelve hours, it's beginning to fall in the the level is falling the blood. Then it begin to uh, experience withdrawal symptoms. And usually the withdrawal symptoms are the opposite effect. Of what the drug does. If the drug makes, calms you down and makes you sleep, now it makes you very restless, become very agitated, and you can't sleep. So you want to abort these symptoms, you rush to get another drug. So that is, you know. Uh, but the other one again may be a, a, a psychological withdrawal or physical withdrawal. For instance, alcohol. Uh, people who take alcohol when the alcohol is not there, after 12 hours, they start experiencing symptoms. The wet hands, the early morning tremors, they become very restless. That's why some of them wake up very early in the morning to go and take because they don't want those symptoms are not palatable. They want to abort them, you know, as quick as possible. So they wake up early to take them. These are physical withdrawal symptoms. You can have psychological withdrawal symptoms because you become so angry, you, you know, you feel irritable and restless and moody. These are psychological withdrawal symptoms. So once, but once you take it, then it aborts all those symptoms. Then it, there's a narrowing of uh, repertoire, you know, of activities. If you used to do so many things and just so many things, you find that eventually people abandon all those 
various activities and don't focus only on how to get that substance and take it. So you forget about your studies, forget about your family life, you don't pay rent, you don't pay uh, uh, your bills, never bills, you know, and then you can't even fix your car, but you do everything to get money to go and take alcohol or the substance. So all these are features of dependence. Mm. You don't even dress properly anymore, but you do everything to get the substance. That is, these are all features of dependence. When you get to that state, the person is already becoming dependent. Okay, earlier on we talked about um, cough syrups, tramadol that are abused, and even energy drinks. So uh, what do you think is responsible for this, and how can we forestall it? Yes, you see, one, uh, a lot of these young people are aimless. If you, if you talk to them, what do you really want to be in life? They don't have no ambition. Some of them are helpless, some of them are hopeless. Say, even if I go to school, I graduate, they say, you know, somebody can't get a job. And I'm hungry, and, and I want to be like somebody. And they think that you don't have this magical thinking that you can buy, you know, you, you, you can buy past so many things and then get to the top. So when they take these drugs, these drugs give us a false you know, uh, hope, confidence, and self-esteem, and they feel they can do many things. But a lot of errors come, you know, with this uh, substance taking. So and because of the phase of development, the phase of development, really, they are usually very inquisitive. They want to take risks. They want to enjoy everything. They want to. They want to belong. The peer pressure. These are the things that you know make them, you know, to go taking these substances. So how and do we forestall all these problems? First of all, number one, the family must be intact. No substance abuse, and then you have functional families where you can groom your children, talk to them, and you know find out what's happening to them, and then start building their self-esteem from there. And then when they go to school too, they learn skills. Speak good things to them. What do you want them to hear? You know, what do you want them to become? Don't keep condemning children and then doing this and that. And don't take substances, you know, in, in, in the presence of uh, children. Because they learn these things, you know, subconsciously they learn. Vicarious way of learning. And before long, they want, of course, they adore their parents. I want to be like daddy, daddy smokes. When he's last season, I want to smoke. Daddy drinks, I want to drink. You know, so they start experimenting. So control of these substances. If we legislate, you know, against all these substances, we really make sure that we have policies that say don't sell these substances to maybe uh, people who are not uh, uh, 18. 18 years or who are still young and then ensure that some of these substances can only be prescribed and get them only at the chemist or the pharmacy store whatever but don't let hawkers you know just hawk and sell anything that, you know, they can sell so there needs to be very strict control and then all hands must be on deck. In fact, the family, the whole community, all community stakeholders must come together, religious leaders, and then the schools and everybody, and test people too, really. If I'm doing job interview and I want to employ people, like in my own place, you have to go through a drug test okay. to be sure that you don't take substances so they don't corrupt the system. Mm. If you do that, you employ people to abandon this lifestyle. Even schools, some private universities now test their students, and when they find out that they are abusing substances, they suspend them therapeutically. Go and treat yourself. When you are done, come back. So it's beginning to help to change, you know, uh, the situation. But when you don't do that and allow people to take it, when they come, they don't work, and then they, they, they cannot acquire skills to do the work, even when they're in school, they drop out. In fact, majority of our, student, uh, of our uh, clients are university uh, uh, dropouts. Drop yes. Okay. So even at the final year. All right. So what are the effects of substance abuse generally? There are many. You can look at them at various levels. You can look at the psychological effects. You can look at the medical effects, you can look at economic, you know, and so on and so forth. If you're talking about psychological effects, first of all, there's the association between mental illness and uh, substance abuse. For some who are vulnerable, in fact, 
apart from being dependent, it induces a lot of mental, uh, mental, all kinds of mental illness. Some will come with depression, some will come with mood, uh, me, uh, with anxiety problems, some will come with psychotic disorder, depending on how vulnerable they are or whether they have a family history. So all kinds of mental illness. And then some will come, in fact, they start even like dementing. They can't, they forget things very easily, and then it affects the brain, kills the brain cells, like alcohol, shrinks the brain, you know, and then it affects the doctor. Then you talk about other medical conditions, some of them will come with uh, hepatitis, some of them will come with a liver problem and they die from it. Some of them will come with uh, kidney problems, you know, hypertension, stroke, so on and so forth. All this cancer, because they have a way, for instance, alcohol. Alcohol diminishes your immunity, I mean, your, your immunity and then you see your appetite. Then you don't eat well, your immunity goes down, you can't fight many uh, diseases that come. And then you know, you find that they come with all kinds of serious illnesses and their body cannot fight. And then they, 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 they die from that, even from overdoses. So these are medical accounts. But if you're talking about the economics, just one is associated with crime. They, they they will do anything to fund that behavior. They will steal, they will kill. Then if you employ them to work, if they work in a factory, frequent accidents. If they are driver, frequent accidents, their machines break down very easily. And even the skills that they acquire, they lose them because they can and when you want to train them to acquire new skills, they can't. Because the brain is not really functioning anymore. They can't really take in any new information. They're only living depending on their own reserve. And that's why young people, people take those very early in life. They don't have, they have very poor skills and they do very badly because they don't have any reserve to follow. Mm -hmm. So rehabilitation is difficult. You're not talking rehabilitation. It's those who are adults and it's better if somebody starts taking, maybe I mean, so that when it's 25, when the brain is like fully matured. But when you start taking it before then, it affects all the process of brain development and then skill acquisition and the information processing. So they end up having no skills. So they lose their job and they do poorly at work and they become a burden and then they still they commit criminal activity. So whatever we look at it, so many, so many, so many, problems. so many problems. Okay. And there's so much more to talk about because this is a serious problem in society. And doctor, we hope you will return next week because uh, we need to conclude this discussion to the benefit of our listener. Thank you very much, Dr. Moses Aldo, for all this very important information you've shared with us today on the program. My pleasure. Uh, dear listener, that's all we can take on the show today. But remember, like I said, we will have uh, Dr. Aldo back next week. So remember to stay tuned. You can follow us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash NASCO group or on Twitter. The handle is at NASCO group. Please freely send your feedback on any aspect of the NASCO Women show to the email marketing at nasco.net or to the dedicated care line. 0805-774-7777. To the NASCO trivia question segment for this week. The question is, mention three major tourist centers in Plateau State. Mention three major tourist centers in Plateau State and send the correct answer via text to 0805-774-7777. Again, the number is 805 774 7777. Include your name and location. Last week's trivia question was In which country is the headquarters of the African Union? The answer is Ethiopia in the capital Addis Ababa. We have the winner as Bashiru from Faringada. Congratulations to you, Bashiru. You'll be getting a NASCO gift bag shortly. Thank you for participating. The NASCO Moments radio talk show has been brought to you by NASCO and it was created by Unimark Limited Marketing Communications Consultants, Executive Producers, NASCO Marketing Department, Producer Harun Audu, Content Development, Tolu Bakari and Harun Audu, 
Production coordinators Solomon Audu and Tolu Bakari. I'm Hudun Gyang. Have a blessed weekend filled with NASCO quality.